This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both located in Hope, Arkansas. We want to give a big shout out to CDWG for their sponsorship of some of the equipment that we use here on the show. Welcome aboard. I am David Henderson. And I'm Jeff Madlock. woo <laughs> Welcome to the party. It was actually a good intro. We didn't, uh, you know, stumble or no, uh, yeah, there was we, no lightsaber fight or any. Well, you know, we, we, we kind of took care of that last week. No so bantha we're, fodder. We're, no bantha. <laughs> Who's fodder? <laughs> I am the fodder. What are you talking about, Rookie? <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I told you. I have one cup, one what? cup of coffee, too many today. It's been one of those days. Yes. Hey, yeah, thanks for oh listening to my. us. Hey, if you'd like to check us out on the web, it's www.edutechguys.com. You can also find us on the old Twitter at edutechguys, Facebook slash edutechguys, Instagram at edutechguys. <laughs> so, uh, pretty much as David said last week, if you'll Google edutechguys. We're pretty sure we're the first ones to come up on your list. That's us. But just saying. Today, if you got some questions or you're listening, want to know what's going down, just hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag ETGChat. That's ETGChat. That is ETGChat. And that's pretty much all the goodness that's out there. Hey, if you hit the website, you will find a player on there so you can listen to the show from our website. Or you can drop out later if you miss the show. And you're listening to it now, but you miss Anyway, <laughs> do you want to listen to previous shows, <laughs> you can go out to iTunes. Oh, my gosh. That is Jump hilarious. on the podcast side and take a listen out there. Just look up Edutech Guys. Uh, this is show number 42. 42. The 42 answer to shows. life, the universe, and everything. Oh, my gosh. It 42. Is. Where's my 42. towel? Um, you know, that's great. Uh, we're, exci- we're excited to be here. Uh, we want to also let you know that we're on Mixler, Mixler.com. Highly recommend them. It's our podcasting platform that we're yeah. using now. We've been using for 42 shows, plus conferences, 
Um, yeah, man. They've treated us pretty well, and we've been very happy with them. So you can find us there at Mixler.com slash guys. So uh, <laughs> I know you were waiting. The suspense was the killing suspense you. The suspense is killing you. I and I always have to put it out there. If you go to radio.edutechguys.com, it'll take you directly to our Mixler landing page so yes. that you can play it directly from there. If you do log into Mixler, you can actually catch us on chat from there. There is a Mixler uh, app for Android and for uh, Mac OS X. Uh, yeah. Mac iOS. Sorry, Apple. Apple. iOS. <laughs> and there's actually an app for, for Mixler that for broadcasting for the Mac OS X is what yeah. we're using here today. Today. And I, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I can't remember if in all of the EduTech guys stuff that we covered, <laughs> did we cover the fact that, that the podcasts are available through iTunes? Yeah, I just I said Did that. you say iTunes? If okay. you want to catch it later, yeah. Later? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I ramble a lot. David has David's, I, David's I, learning I, to just to just, just <laughs> drown drown me no, out for a while. David's trying to learn how to do more than one thing at a time, and obviously that's not working out too well. I will say though, you've got six plates spinning over there. It's pretty nice. Well, hey, today we were supposed to have um, a guest on, uh, which was a Daisy Dyer Doer. Uh, yes. But she had a uh, double schedule conflict. She's actually on the East Coast. She is. She's actually in New in from York. New York. And so the times got all screwy, and uh, that happens. I've done it before. Once in Siberia, I <laughs> you talk about getting your times messed up there. So anyway, uh, but yeah, she's gotten her time messed up, and so we'll get her on the flip side. Yeah, we'll get her on another show. We'll bring her in and um, see what's she, happening with uh, her. And that's right. And you can kind of keep up with her, just uh, FYI, at... Daisy Dyer Dewar, that's Daisy, D-A-I-S-Y-D-Y-E-R-D-U-E-R-R, on Twitter, etc. And she is the founder, co-founder, I can't remember how that works, of the ArcEdChat that happens every Thursday on Twitter, hashtag ArcEdChat, that happens every uh, Thursday evening at 8 o'clock Central, I believe. I can't remember now. So it's Thursday, yeah, tonight. Uh, that's what I said, Thursday. No, not tonight. Tonight's Eight Wednesday. O'clock? Oh, is tonight Wednesday? Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. The caffeine's a flowing, baby. Yeah, that's right. It is. That is right. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we gave out that Sorry show. for the three people that were listening that we lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of those shows. It's one of those days. You know, hey, what the heck? Well, we're, we're kinda, we, we monitor we're and adjust. Yeah. We are. Hey, but you know what? That's part of that. We monitor and adjust and pick it up and go. Shuffle up and deal. Oh, wait. That's not this show. <laughs> Shuffle up and deal. That's right. So, listen, today on the show, uh, since we're, we're kind of dropping back to some, uh, some secondary notes that we had, um, it's getting close to the end of school. Uh, in Arkansas, it's just two weeks away. Yeah, man. In fact, most schools will probably be doing graduation this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 25th rolls along pretty quickly. Ma, 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 <laughs> it, <ma>. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, though. That was nice. I think that was kind of like oboe meets bad French horn. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I can play any instrument. I can't. You give me any instrument. Just not well. And, exactly. <laughs> You set me up. The the aptitude, however. Yeah, so school's getting ready to come to an end. And, you know, the big time of the year is uh, summertime. It, I We were talking earlier. We believe that summer is probably the pinnacle of curriculum modification and addition. Because so many teachers and so many administrators go to conferences and workshops and they see all the new pretty stuff and, 
you know, whatever's getting hawked, <laughs> whatever is the is you know heading out there this year that's going to be the big fancy new shiny thing that's going to be well. The, and you know, there are other edu education conferences that happen during the year, and I think sometimes folks go to those conferences and they see what you were you know as you were mentioning you know what curriculum's coming down the pike and so they ha- they wait until summer uh, you don't want to change curriculum in the middle of the year um well, at least i guess not um so uh you know so they do that generally during summer you know make those big changes and then uh have the students come back to something completely and utterly different uh, not saying it's good bad ugly or otherwise just saying that's what happens. You know, summertime, things change. Uh, I know the local district where my, my my kids, I can't say kids anymore, but my daughter goes to school. Um, they're making huge changes uh, at the high school. They're, they're moving to a completely different, um, it's not just curriculum, but it's, it's a completely different system. Um, instead of having, you know, seven periods a day, what have you, uh, there is going to be much more uh, free-flowing, much more open, much more student choice involved. So it's going to be interesting to see how that comes about. But that's the big change that's coming for that district over the summer. Uh, so, yeah, man. Yeah, so part of our thing was we were – I was asking David what he thought the big silver bullet, you know, standpoint was going to be for this summer. Because, you know, every summer it's – something you know makerspace or flip classrooms or you know one-to-one or robots right exactly printers yes and 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 it seems like over the past oh probably what six six seven years i got the hiccups from somewhere you'll have to i'll scare him in a second thanks um but uh you know (laughs) wow (laughs) over the last six seven years it worked. There have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just seems like, as, as you had mentioned, it, it seems like there, uh, the, you know, there's kind of this silver bullet mentality. And I just, you know, from that silver bullet standpoint, I don't really see one this year. I mean, I really don't. I think to me, uh, to me, it's as if uh, the districts are taking, or some districts, whatever, um, they're kind of taking all of the silver bullets that have been attempted over the last five to seven years and loading them into one chamber and just boom scatter shot you know so basically instead of a revolver with a silver bullet we're now packing this into a shotgun and it's kind of um i don't know in in a weird sort of way it's a to me i see it as anytime something new comes along there's kind of this wave and you have some folks that they are in the front of the wave, and they're the ones who are shouting from the, you know, shouting from the edge, going, "This is what it is. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to go." And and then you have folks who are just on the backside of the wave, and they're sort of riding along, and they and they they like the idea of whatever this particular thing happens to be, um, but they're kind of riding behind the the forefront folks, you know, kind of catching catching their wave as it were right you know and then you've got the folks who they kind of linger back even further and they're they're not riding the wave per se they're kind of waiting to see what happens when the wave crashes on the shore to see what sticks what's still around so i think in that in that in that regard what we have is you know you've got these different maker space and and i don't know whatever coding and robotics and and uh, flip classrooms and project-based learning 
and that's all sort of melding together. Um, and I think schools are trying sort of that approach, taking bits and pieces from each of those and figuring out, okay, how do we tie that into our curriculum? How do we make that kind of that, that we take all of those individual silver bullets, and maybe this is a better analogy. We're taking all of those individual silver bullets and we're melting them down into our new silver bullet. Right. You know, but even that, that silver bullet that we're making it into, it's really not a one-shot single thing. It's actually kind of a scattershot. You know, I think it's interesting. Uh, my technology department, we just released a survey today asking some specific questions. Ah. And um, I wasn't going to bring this up, and I didn't choose this topic specifically because I'd done that. But I started, Sure, that's, well, I, see, I see the <laughs> ulterior motive. <laughs> but I realized after you started saying what you're saying about, you know, multiple silver bullets, mm-hmm. you know, some of the questions that we asked were, and I, we, I, we did them in a, in a numerical linear form, like low of being one and high being five. Sure, okay. Uh, would you rate the successful use, how would you rate the successful use of the student devices in your class? And uh, how would you rate the necessity of technology in your class? Ooh, nice. And um, how comfortable do you feel using technology in your class? And then um, how do you feel about using the effectiveness of blank as student devices like we use in our classroom? Sure. Um, and then I, I, one of the other ones that I did was, uh, do you believe students should be issued the device or classroom sets? Um, it's like a student takes home device there, or would you have a classroom set? Right. And then which of the following would you prefer to use as student devices? And we listed like everything you think of, Chromebooks, MacBooks, sure. Windows laptops, you know, iPads. And then I asked for a brief explanation of why you selected that device. And then I asked what areas of training concerning technology in your classroom do you feel would benefit you and enhance student achievement? So we asked that across the board. And actually at our K through 6 levels, we asked, would your current device the one you're currently using, be mm-hmm. sufficient enough to carry you on one more year. Right. And um, I can tell you, we've the response has already started just kind of rolling in pretty heavily, which is interesting. Um, and of our primary uh, folks, uh, the one that's really blown me away was, would the current device you're using, which the devices they're using are four years old, yeah. um, is yes. Hmm. Yeah, they'll be perfectly fine for what we're doing in class. And it's interesting... Um, what I realize now, and you know, you know, people that get to take a survey, especially those last parts are too long answer surveys. Just tell us why you picked this. Right. Sure. What training do you need? So we're getting, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, my printer's always out of me. You know, you get that kind of thing. Hey, I've got a platform here. Let me go ahead and just go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You gave me the free space. But you see, the beautiful part is now I have the opportunity to create another survey and you're exactly right. So now it's like, well, this many of you said, I'd like to have windows laptops. Right. And this means you said you like to have Chromebooks. So now here's 10 more questions of how would you use these Chromebooks? Would you use them this way, this way, this way, this way? To really start taking those individual silver bullets now and going, great, you said you wanted Windows. Right. And you said you wanted this and this. So great. That follows into this, which was a silver bullet we did in 2014. Right. So right. we're going to hold you to it. And this is what you're going to do next year. Yeah. Ooh. But you well, know, but you know, but that's a good thing. So maybe we're giving them what they want because we have the responses in summary, but we also have the responses individually. So now we can actually pinpoint to the point where you can go, well, this teacher says yeah. that they would work great with, you know, Ubuntu running a laser gun with, you know, goldfish and oh so you know, we're gonna give you Ubuntu, a laser gun and some goldfish. <laughs> right. And so this is what you wanted. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's why I'm not I'm saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying no, maybe, no, I'm you're a, right. And yeah. maybe this is the way. This is our shotgun to go. Let's load up all these bad boys and here you go. Right. Now you've all got what you wanted. So I think I think um, part of that survey, in addition to having the you know kind of A B C, you know, what do you want to do with this A B C D? I think that definitely needs to have a free space there because oh I, we did actually it says other yeah. Yeah, you know, because like, I, I think well, I think even more than just an other, if you have you know that kind of open text box like what you have on yeah. your current survey, but on the next survey I'm talking about where you said okay, you know you said you wanted Windows, so what are you going to do with it? A B C D, and then not just other with one line, but actually a paragraph thing and say you tell us, yeah. you know, you were the one that wanted this, you want you wanted Chromebooks. So how do you see using those Chromebooks in your classroom? See, exactly. That's, to me, that next survey is, okay, so you wanted Chromebooks. Now, give me three lesson plan examples that you would do using Chromebooks. Yeah, exactly. That, that's just why you need Chromebooks. Yeah. Because if you know, then you can give me three examples like that. Right. I'm not telling you write me a lesson plan. Just say, oh, no, I just right. I want to do this. I want to do this. Interestingly yeah. enough, uh, the responses are, are really pretty interesting when it gets down to that, you know. Um, Blank isn't easy to handle. One person says, blank isn't easy to handle. And then another one says, it's actually easier for students to handle and manage. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. Which, yes. You know, yeah. and then some say, well, I see that, the, the, you know, these need a keyboard because the kids need to be able to write more papers. Now, it's really interesting because you saw the numbers from my district. You know, right. H- hundreds of thousands of documents. Created. Yes. Yes. So they're writing with iPads. Right. Right. <laughs> that was to say, and I was trying not to get device specific, but the writing is not. I don't think it's tied to a physical keyboard or a virtual keyboard anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when <laughs> my grandfather, who's ninety, says, "Hey, have you seen Word Wrap keyboard?" No, on the iPhone. Yeah, check it out. And it looks like keyboard. He goes, "Watch this," and he swipes it, and it curves it into the corner. So if you're holding it with your thumb, it's curved, so you can type on it with your thumb. Oh, that's um. What's really cool about that, or or I don't know if it's cool or not, but one, but that triggers in my my brain. Um, way back when, uh, do you remember UMPCs? Oh yeah, you know the, those were kind of the first. We had some, you know, yeah. When then we had one here, and that's what you could um, you could set the keyboard, and it would it would do that kind of quarter circle in each corner so that you could use each thumb to right. type. Well, remember, the yeah. iPad lets you split the keyboard. That's true, too. That's so, true. But, you know, what I'm getting at is it's a 90-year-old cat. Yeah. That yeah. likes to use the, hey, I like this corner-shaped keyboard from a yeah, thumb. Yeah, exactly. So it's just people. I mean, I can yeah. run in. I run into 23-year-olds right out of college and go, I just hate typing. I have to have a real keyboard. Okay. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't have thought you would have wanted a real keyboard, but right. that's cool. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think... We are at a point where curriculum and technology have to get together in professional development and really get more specific. It's not just going to be one survey or a handful of questions that's going to get our answer. We're going to have to get granular in what we're looking for. Yeah. And you're right. And since we've already tried these silver bullets, and every district has, every mm-hmm. district, and there's the thing, every district could probably go back and go, remember silver bullet A? You know, these six teachers really got it. Now, right. the, other, the other 47 or 123 didn't. Right. And remember Silver Bullet B, these 18 teachers got it. Now the rest of them did it. And interestingly enough, the six teachers that got A, only three of those got B of the 18. But, you know. Right. And the eight, so that's, and you go back and go, so, you know, if we take Silver Bullet A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. we've now got, you know, 
47 of our teachers who are doing something effective for them. Right. Well, and your your shotgun approach is actually spot on to let's do that. Right. And and the now the the kicker with that of course means that now the tech department has to support silver bullets <laughs> a b c d e f g, right? So and that's in, a big deal. and it, it is a big deal and in some districts, you know, the the tech people, you know, the the tech department says, yeah, that, you know, if that's what the teachers need, that's what the students need, yeah, we're going to support it. In other districts, they're going to pick A, and that's what you're stuck with because, you know, because administration has allowed those particular uh, tech folks to rule the roost that way. And I, I'm not going to say that that's good or bad or ugly. Right. I'm just saying that is exactly how it is. If you have a tech department who decides what technology is put in place for student and teacher use, they have been given, uh, afforded that type of uh, control and, and say so. And again, I'm not saying that's good, bad, ugly. I know it looks like I am, but I'm not trying to. That's uh, but um, but. So that's why you told me we were going to rebel suspenders. Now it no, hit me. Oh, that's what you that's meant. That's what it is. Yeah. You're, you're but, right, though. But that's but that's how it is. You know, and there are there are some districts that that's how it is, and there are other districts where the technology department is there to implement and support whatever the you know the the teachers and students want to use or decide to use or whatever yeah. it's just it's just it's just different approaches to rolling out technology in a district you know and, and it's funny this is a this is a discussion we've had a, a million times sure uh, you know we're pretty open we're way open in fact we pretty much support every platform in our district right some real heavy right but you know you know, in our district, in, in the districts in Arkansas, you're not going to use the e-school administration side without without IE. Right. So, you right. know, we've got Windows machines out there, lots of them, in fact. We've got Windows Labs, so we can teach Word and teach those things for the business level side of it, for CBA and things like that. Sure. But it's quite interesting that how, how we would actually hinder the education process at several districts in the country mm-hmm. where their their tech coordinators, their directors would say, "No, right? I hate blah blah yeah, blah." Exactly. Never or, touching it. And and or um, not not even from the "I hate such and such" perspective, but from the "I will only use such and such." I will tell you, here at the Education Service Center, for a while, we were Dell only. And I'm and I'm, I'm going to say the brand just because yeah, I'm going to make a point here in just a second. But we were Dell only. We did Dell servers and Dell desktops and Dell monitors and Dell projectors. I mean, everything was Dell, Dell printers. I mean, it really was. Everything was Dell. And and that was fine for that person who um, was handling that. But by the same token, when other things, when, when certain folks wanted something else, uh, well, I don't want a Dell. I don't want to, I don't even want a Windows PC. I want a Mac. Um, it took some bending and, and ultimately breaking, I guess, in a way. To, to, you know, to where it was like, okay, well, you can have that, but, you know, here's how we're going to roll. Here's how we're going to implement that. Right. I will tell you that under under my, um, I don't know what you would call that, under my rule. <laughs> it's not really a rule. I, I'm, you know, but as me being technology coordinator for this particular organization, I don't care. I really don't. I'm, you want a MacBook? Great. And your budget can support it and whatever else? Great. Knock yourself out. You want a Dell? Great. You want Lenovo? Great. Your brand and or device agnostic? Great. Tell me what you want to do with it. I get you what you need. 
I've had several vendors who have contacted me and said, yeah, but wouldn't you rather have one brand across? I mean, you know, as far as support, you I don't, I don't, a Windows PC is a Windows PC. Uh, you know, Apple is Apple, so there's, you know, there's I, that. I think that's uh, why you, know, you get that from those companies because they realize, well, Apple's dominating their own, their Apple. It's the OS. It's the whole thing. Right, yeah. It's, yeah. So with Dell Apple, it's the HP whole package. And now those folks, they're like, oh, we just, you know. Right, you know, yeah. Don't, don't, wouldn't you rather have HP everywhere? Wouldn't you rather have Dell everywhere? Yeah. No, I don't really care. I, you know, when, it's, when, it, when it comes down to it, I'm going to support what my folks want. Yep. And, and whatever helps them uh, achieve their goals. Now, I say that as far as my capacity goes. Yeah. You know, there are several layers of administration above me, and they dictate, you know, whatever mandates or, and I won't say mandates, but, you know, it, they do a lot of the other evaluative side of rolling out equipment. Right. Does this user need device x right you know especially if the user already has a similar device okay you know let's look at how old it is let's look at the functionality does it, so you're getting you so everything's working for you uh, we you know we can't just buy a piece of equipment just because you want a new piece of equipment right you know but if it turns out that we need to buy you this new piece of equipment because really yeah when we look at it it's warranted then we have that discussion right you know, well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I guess we didn't mean to get off into that whole you know, I know. hardware, but I know, you know, but honestly, that's the interesting one of the. I was just perusing the responses when they were coming in, and one of the responses was, "I prefer Windows because our students really need to be learning Word and PowerPoint and Excel." Right. And I thought, you know, to me, that's an immediate. Uh, yeah, this is 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. All of the things that iPads and Surface Pros and Windows laptops and Mac OS laptops have is is that Office 365 and Google Apps works on every one of those. Right, right. And, you know, we're down to, listen, a word processor, and I hate to use that because it sounds so archaic. Yes. <laughs> is a word processor. But it is. You're right. You know, you know I mean... Word is a neat thing, and Word art is cool, and doing all the crazy stuff that you can do in Word with all the cool things. The majority of humans use three percent of that. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say. You know, yes, I will. I'll be the first to stand up and say, in any word processing package, and you know, as it sits, it's still Microsoft Office as the de facto business uh, application suite. Right. So, okay, yes. But push comes to shove, how many, how much of the feature set is being used? You know, for the most part, no, you're, you're right. You know, you're going to use, what, 3%, 5%, you know, pick a percentage. But it's not going to be all of the bells and whistles that come with, say, Microsoft Excel. So could I do 99% of what I need to do in Google Docs, in OpenOffice, in generic name of spreadsheet program yeah I, right. I could so so that that part of it I don't think really matters as much it's it, it's the overall concepts it's are you teaching them how formulas work in spreadsheets is it you know are we talking about uh, rows and columns and cells and calculations and that type of thing does it matter what I'm doing that in not necessarily. I don't. I, you know, right. I wouldn't think so. I think part of the issue, though, you're blowing up, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I would say though that part of that pushback or part of that desire to have 
using your example, Windows PCs with Microsoft Office, is that I don't think um, some of our teachers understand that this is where the world is. Right. You know, they're going by what they're used to, what they're accustomed to. Frankly, some of it is what they used as they, you know, quote unquote, grew up, what they grew up on. Right. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's a, I, th- I really think that's a big part of why, well, frankly, I think it's a big part of why we do a lot of the stuff we do, word processing or otherwise. You know, a big part of why we use certain things. It is. It's right. It's my yeah. comfort zone. This is what I know. This is what I like. Yeah. I had a discussion with someone the other day. I said, well, I just, I, I just don't like Chrome. I like to use Safari. And somebody said, well, you know, I just, Firefox just gets the job done a lot better. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't care what you do. Right. We use Gmail. So, you know. Uh, right. You're exactly. pulling Gmail up and whatever. Rock on, baby. You That's know, right. I mean. But there's that interesting thing. You know, it's the same thing. About, I agree with you 100%. That's the, they, they're comfortable with it, and they think that that is you know, what you've got to know. Well, right. it's, it's not. And I think that if you could ever get those people one-on-one. See, there's the interesting part of professional development is since we can get granular and we start using our shotgun approach, right. if you can get those one-on-ones and go, maybe, maybe they just need to see cloud operation. Right. You know, just together, where they go, well, I've always written it in Word, and then I just copy it to my Google Drive. Well, listen, you're like, you know, hurting yourself here. You know, right, right. Just keep it right there. Well, and, and I, I can't tell you how, to this day, I still get at least four or five calls a year with, I was working on a Word document, and the power went out, and I yeah, lost everything. I lost it. Yeah, had you been in Google or Office 365 even, it's saving continuously as you're typing. Right. Yeah, there's no save anymore, really. I mean, it's just... Close the document, and walk away, and come back. Yeah, it's all still there. Right. As long know? as it says all changes saved at the top, yeah, you're good to go. You know, I mean, but I think that that's that's a big deal. Um, I guess my biggest thing with what's happening over this summer is you're right. You said it earlier. Uh, makerspace is still going to be big. It is makerspace sure. is a big deal, and that is that was the easiest way for whoever's making the push to get the entrepreneurial idea of invention back into yes mainstream education yes you know yes. we don't create inventors right we do science fairs right we make volcanoes yeah but you the know big the, yellow ones the american sun. spirit of invention which is not just an american thing no but but you know this big old country a lot of inventions have come out of this country sure. and the, the history of the world i think we're probably inched ourselves near the lead but, you know, I think that's the makerspace movement is to get kids working on processes so that they understand it better and yeah. they, they get the whole process going. But, you know, Will Richardson, who uh, will be on the show in uh, the 25th, by the way, so I'll throw that out there. Cool. Um, will Richardson had a great he – w- he had a blog post about um, a video he did about Web 2.0 in 2004 for NOCC, which became HISTI, ISTI um, in New Orleans. And it was interesting, but his quote on it was he was talking about stuff then that, as he said, and I'll quote it, but so much of it still feels edgy and innovative as compared to current classroom use of technology. See, there's that sad part is all those silver bullets that we can go back for some time. Oh, yeah. You know, look at podcasting. Been around a long time. Podcasting existed with the invention of the iPod. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called podcasting. And that's a long time ago. Yeah. That's before the iPhone. That's before 
uh, smartphones, we don't even use that term anymore. Right. That are commonplace. Now, everybody says a phone. Oh, we got a phone. You got a Nokia. I've got a. Yeah, well, nobody uses Nokia anymore, really. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but there's the interesting part. But it, even today, it, we do a workshop, and 90% of the workshops, like, oh my gosh, that's just so. Wow. No, it's not. It's not really edgy, edgy or innovative at all. It's just, we're, it's easier. I mean, because think, five years ago, if I wanted to share a file with you, that's hard. Right. Before the before the overnight cloud and then its blow up for, hey, we can now put stuff in Google Drive, and then suddenly we can put any size file in Google. We have unlimited storage in Google Drive, right. and it's literally, I need to get this five gig file to you. Drive, share, done. Right. We didn't have that technology. And so that does make it edgy and innovative. I mean, you know, when we finish this show, we're going to upload a 100 meg file in less than a minute. Right. And it's going to be on iTunes in two minutes after that. Right. Or sooner. Right. And, and that's just freaking crazy. <laughs> it's freaking get any cooler than that. Yes. Well, I've talked too much, haven't I? No, man. But. So let's, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. Okay. And listen to a little music. Yeah, sounds good. And um, don't forget about where are we going to be next? Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, what's, uh, uh, what? This is very, very cool. Um, we are going to be in Hot Springs the uh, 15th and 16th of June during the HISTI conference, the Hot Springs Technical or Technology Institute. Um, Which is and, like the uh, oldest. It's, it's the longest running. It is. And it's the premier educational technology institute. conference in in Arkansas. In Arkansas, yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, uh, Don Benton, who is the, I don't know the official title that he's got, who heads it up. So The head poobah (laughs) of HISTI. He's the HISTI head poobah. Um, uh, He reached out to us and said, hey, we would love to have you guys come up and and do some conference coverage. You know, come up here and and let's cover the conference for two days. So uh, we are going to be in Hot Springs June 15th and 16th providing live, ongoing coverage of the HISTI conference. Uh, so I, well, I'm very excited about that. That's going to be cool. Uh, CDWG is one of our sponsors, and, and we will be reaching out to other folks for sponsorship to help cover some of the costs of doing such a thing. If you're out there listening and you're interested in helping us out, um, reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, go to edutechguys.com and uh, just fill out that form uh, at the bottom of the page there and let us know that you'd be interested in helping us uh, offset some of those costs. And there are definitely some benefits to sponsoring EduTech Guys in terms of mentions and getting your logo out there. Um, we're going to be front and center. So we're going to be right there uh, as folks are, are coming in and going up the steps to the main conference area. So it's going to be very, very cool. So again, that is June 15th and 16th. We'll be at the HISTI conference uh, we're about to break out into a couple of songs from Nick C. And when we come back, we'll delve into social media and what schools need to be doing to reach their teachers, their students, and their community. Stay tuned. When you're near me 
Edutech guys come to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. You're listening to Nick C., uh, completely yours, just a little music break before we head back into the chat time. Uh, one more from Nick C., a great artist, and I think you'll enjoy this one. It's called uh, Just Love Me. upon me And your silhouette is near All I'll ask of you is to love me down, down, down With your mercy all around When you pull the tree Now, now, now 
to Edutech Guys Radio, come to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. Yeah, we were just listening to Nick C. Just Love Me. We like to have Nick on the show. In fact, we have him on the show quite a bit because yeah. he's <laughs> one of our favorite artists. Listen, if you're listening or you know somebody or you listen to this podcast that would like to be a featured artist on the show, just reach out to us. You can hit Jeff at edutechguys.com or David at edutechguys.com or just head over to www.edutechguys.com, drop down to the bottom of the page and just fill out the contact form right there. Yeah. Let us know what you'd like us to play and um, we'll put you on the show. Absolutely. Do it in a heartbeat because it's good dum, times. Dum, 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 dum. Um, my phone's dum, blowing dum. up. Everybody loves me. All right. So one of the other things we wanted to talk about today is uh, social media. And we've talked about this uh, subject before on the show, and uh, we like to revisit it from time to time. But we want to, I don't know, talk about how schools, uh, obviously in in particular, um, can really leverage uh, social media and some of the things to think about uh, if you're a district and uh, you're hopefully already using social media, but if you haven't really jumped into it yet, um, just some of the things to consider as you're uh, as you're working on your social media outreach. What are you going to do with it? Um, what are the benefits? How do you do it? What are the things to look for? You know that type of thing. So, um, one of the things we like to kind of <laughs> we, we Jeff and I kind of came up with is. Uh, Having your social media, uh, it's sort of like having a garden, all right? But I'm going to tell you, (laughs) I've never had a garden. That entails dirt Uh, and working outside in the heat. I was going to say, as as Jim Gaffigan uh, once said, uh, I'm what you would call indoorsy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really do the outside thing. Um, But we we do understand how the concept of a garden works. (laughs) There you go. That's right. Um, So... Like a garden, um, you know, you've got your garden that you're growing, and essentially, what we mean by that in terms of social media, uh, you've got you've got things that that you like to use um, that will help cultivate your online culture. All right, so maybe you're currently using Facebook, maybe your district has a Facebook page, or maybe it's got a Twitter account, or you know, maybe you're using all kinds of different social media. We're talking about. Um, you know, maybe if you're using Instagram or, um, I don't know, whatever else. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. And, yeah, I mean, Twitter. you know, exactly, you know. Um, Google Plus. So what you want to do, though, is you want to be sure that as you are um, growing your social media presence, and not just schools and districts, but think of yourself 
individually. What are you doing online to grow your own online garden, your own social media garden? Um, and by that, we're talking about the posts that you make, the things you talk about. Um, and this is one of the things that, that Jeff and I talked about kind of off mic. We, we, we think just making up numbers for lack of a better description, um, but by the same token, not just making them up, but kind of where we see divisions happening. We would say that about 50% of your online uh, promotion, usage, persona, however you want to say that, um, 50% of what you put or, or really of your online persona is publishing. You've, you've got to be publishing, right? That's how you're going to grow your audience. That's how you're going to reach your students. That's how you're going to reach your peers, uh, reach out to your community is by the stuff that you create, the information you are. And, and by create, um, that can also be sharing. So as you retweet things or you share posts or uh, anything along those lines, you come across an article that you enjoy and you turn around and share that out with other folks, that's still helping you publish indirectly. Now, directly would be much more you're coming up with your own post. Yeah. You know, you're, you're coming up with your own content. Hey, we did this in my classroom or, hey, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day and here's what I have to say about it and getting that out there. And then another part of growing that garden is, um, well, what I like to call cross-pollination, all right? <laughs> I know. That makes me giggle. I, it does. But, um, I, okay, so quick sidebar. It, does it make you think of Grease 2? Do you remember Grease yes. 2? Uh, okay. exactly, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, and by that, what I mean is that is where you step out of your own garden, your own the things that you're doing, and you reach across and you follow other folks, and you participate, not just follow um, what other folks are doing, but you participate in the things that they are doing. By that, I mean things like um, we were going to have, you know, Daisy Dyer do her on, and she's got uh, several uh, ed chats that she actually uh, hosts now, but one of them is the ARC ed chat. So, and uh, every, we've talked about this before, you know, every state has its own education chat that's held. So you could look up hashtag your state abbreviation ed chat and you will find, you know, MN ed chat, MI ed chat. I mean, there are all kinds out there. Participate in that. Find out when it's happening. Follow that hashtag as opposed to a particular individual. Follow the hashtag for that chat and then you can um, participate. And, and one of the really cool things that happens is um, you can participate just by kind of what they call lurking. That is, you're reading along, you're watching. Maybe you don't necessarily feel comfortable right away, it, you know, putting your own words out there. Um, but invariably, hopefully, what happens is they post a question that is exactly where you are, whether it's something you've done, whether it's something you're thinking about. And you that's when you reach out and go, you know what, I'm going to respond to this and say, yeah, I've done such and such, or, well, I think students would be better served such and such. And suddenly you are taking part in that other garden. And what happens there is you will pick up followers, people who want to hear what you have to say because of what you just said. And so that helps you grow. And by the same token, you turn around and you're sharing part of your garden out with that other group of folks 
And so it's all growing together, uh, helping, helping you get that outreach. Um, and by the same token, if you aren't already hosting some kind of a group chat as part of your district's overall social media outreach, man, I wholeheartedly recommend that. That's a, what a great way to turn around. And, and, and you could have, um, I don't know, like I'm just going to use in the example here. We should probably host here now that I'm saying this out loud. My boss is going to kill me. But, um, you know, we should host something like SWAEC chat. You know, or like what Jeff and I do with Edutech guys, ETG chat. You know, we found a hashtag that wasn't being used. Um, I'm sure somebody's going to piggyback on it or whatever to <laughs> do what they want to with it. Once we, on it. Yeah, I know. But um, so, you know, so we created our own. We created a, uh, ETG chat, and that's what we post out. We, we, we preface things with that hashtag. And so that kind of helps or hopefully is helping build this community of folks who want to talk about education technology. Mm -hmm. And so you could do the same thing in your district. It doesn't have to be technology either. It could be around anything. It could be the district in general. And and, uh, you've got different teachers that host it. Or maybe you're going to have the superintendent come in and they're going to be the guest of the day. And they're going to have five or six questions that they pose out there and and have folks respond to. So it's a great way to reach out to the community. So... um, just different things to think about when you're looking at your online presence, your online persona, what you want your district to look like, what you want your classroom to look like, mm-hmm. um, what you want your professional learning community to look like for yourself individually. Yeah. Well, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> sorry, I did not mean to hog the mic I was that trying long. to get a word in. I know. Words, I'm sorry. I also had a mouthful of Milky Way, so I couldn't really <laughs> talk. Blah, 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 blah. But... David hit it on the head. I mean, there's nothing for me to add to that except that he's exactly right. Um, that's another interesting thing is that if you're not doing some form of social media, and, you know, interestingly enough, you know, schools and Facebook, I, I think a school site on Facebook is a great way to read, reach a lot of parents. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's just the way you got to do it now. Uh, Facebook, personally, yeah, that's your own call. You know? Right. Uh, but, you know, now that you can have pages and things like that inside right. Facebook, then, you know, when you build your brand – Mm-hmm. And this is what this is about, is your brand. And if your brand is just a brand for 120 students a year that come to your chemistry class, then that's still your brand. Mm-hmm. And building your brand online is very important. And you never know when your brand's going to take off. Right. And what your brand's going to bring you. Because the interesting part about it is, is that if someone likes a brand, they're going to stick with it. And I think that's an interesting part of social media along the Twitter sphere, along all of it, is that you know your Twitter account branded correctly means that you're going to have decades of students from now on following you right forever yeah absolutely and you know your chemistry class in 2020 might 2025 might benefit greatly from a former student who just created the first you know transporter right so because they were part of your brand and part of your twitter class you know and yeah. still follow you to this day. So, you know, that's that's a big deal. Um, also, it's about a numbers game. Sure. It really is about a numbers game. You know, and when you get on, uh, we talk about numbers all the time, but when you, when you get on Twitter and you see somebody with, oh, well, they've only got 82,000 followers. Well, that's 82,000 followers. <laughs> that's, you know, if you, if you reached out to your 82,000 followers and said, hey, can anyone send me a poem about roses for English class to break down and look at? Right you're probably going to get at least 
I mean, in worst case scenario, several hundred. Right, exactly. Oh, so you've got 82,000 yes. people following you. Right. That's why I was on long lines of if you said, listen, I can't pay my mortgage. Can anyone help me? Well, if 82,000 people sent you a buck. <laughs> right. Oh, thanks. I paid off my mortgage and now I don't have to teach anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> but, you know, it's one now, of those that things. Now, that wouldn't do it. That wouldn't do it. But, but you'd be surprised about people that might. Right. You know, I mean, right. that's that's one of those things. I mean, look, let's look at, you know, we were talking about uh, Kickstarter and other fund, you know, sure. funding. They're making millions of dollars for thousands of people. Right. I mean, and it works. And so, but yeah, you definitely, social media is part of the game, especially even when it comes to podcasting, because this this is the commercial for podcasting. Right. You know, yeah. Our I mean. Twitter is to us one of our biggest responders for how we brand ourselves is with Twitter. And, and we use Facebook, but Twitter is one of the bigger ones that we use. Yeah. So um, it's it's how we meet most of our guests. Right. And well, that's how we contact most of our guests. Exactly. And, and that was the, that's exactly what I was just going to bring up was, you know, we're we're relatively old school. So you know, we we still enjoy the email, right? You know, <laughs> we, we like to use email a the lot email. Uh, as our as, as a form of communication, but it's been amazing how many folks that, that we've reached out to or really have reached out to us through direct messaging on Facebook, I mean, uh, on Twitter, and, and that's exactly how we handle the business. Uh, you know, and we say, hey, yeah, we, let's figure out the scheduling, and here's where you can go to get scheduled, and let's talk about this, and let's do this. And it's all handled, you know, through, in this particular case, you know, handled through Twitter. Uh, you know, this is the email. Who's doing email? I mean, you know, so... Uh, it is really a great way to reach out to folks in in terms of in the classroom you know you can they have all kinds of things you know you got Skype author chats and it, it's amazing to me the folks that you are able to reach out to through different social media avenues and you say hey would you mind coming into my class you know Skype into my class for 15 minutes and we want to talk about such and such and they're like oh yeah i got 15 minutes i'm hanging out at the airport doing nothing yeah sure i'll come on i, I mean it's crazy incredible it's it's very cool very cool listen as the taskmaster that's why i paused where i did you knew it was getting close to time i did we like to, i you know it's really funny we talked about at the beginning of the show i don't know why we think that there is a time construct to this there is not i mean we i mean our our thousands of listeners expect us to be on at four, yes. and so we're, you, know, you missed the decimal point. I, and the, the interesting part is the majority of our listeners, the majority of you folks listening, just come on the podcast end of it, right? So you know, yeah, after it's already time, recorded, yeah, right? Yeah, time is, is of no issue. There you go. And we'll wrap this thing up. So yeah, today talking anyway. about summertime. Uh, if you want to let us know what your district does for summertime, PD, yeah. If you're having a great time with your PD in your school district. Um, or you have a great revolutionary idea that these two idiots didn't think of that you would like to do. <laughs> There'd be a lot of those. <laughs> um, or you think might be worthwhile, then um, let us know. Hit us up on hashtag yeah. ETG chat or just directly at Edutech Guys. If it's longer than 140 characters, then head over to the uh, website, drop down to the bottom, there's a contact form there. And uh, let us know. We'll start a conversation with you yeah. and um, maybe even get you on the show. Yeah, man, um, that'd be awesome. Please do. And also, uh, let us know what you think about social media. What's your take on social media in education you know, and, and branding as an educator? I think that's the next thing that's going to happen is that, just throw that in there, is that 
education as an educator you might not be tied physically to one school right so you know yes. you got to start branding yourself now to prep for that in the future yeah but hey uh, so the last thing we have for the day is the <gasps> google tip of the week <laughs> I gotta get some music behind you. <laughs> banjo. <laughs> so Google, uh, you know how we love the Google tip of the week. Um, something that came out this week is pretty interesting. Uh, Google Drive notifications and Google Chrome. Don't know if you've seen those, um, but so there's actually two parts to that. Now you get a Google Drive notification uh, when your colleagues share Google Drive files with you, and it will pop up in Chrome with a nice you know, picture of the colleague, and it'll pop up and slide off. Usually from the right is the default, and you'll see it come up like it would any notification. One of the other cool things is, is that for we discussed a while back a script that allowed you to um, get notifications when anyone changed a document. Well, right. Google has actually already put that into all of them now. As you drop into your drive, you might notice that it will tell you, hey, now you can receive notifications when documents or shared documents are changed, and you can actually turn it on or off. So if you don't want to know, you don't have to know. Um, I, right now, I think it's a global thing with shared documents. Like you turn it on, then you're going to get an acknowledgement when you know any shared document has therefore been no, you know, changed. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, um, for David and I and Edutech guys, you know, that's great for us because any document changes, then we know, hey, David changed something to document because every document we create is pretty much a shared document. Well, yeah, because yeah. we're always working on it that way. But uh, really, come in handy, and it's going to come in real handy in the classroom. Yes. So, Google Classroom kind of did something like that, I believe. But now. Now that you can actually monitor folders and things like that, so when your kids turn in stuff, you know, if you're looking for something or, you know, vice versa, that's going to be a, a real handy dandy That's piece. very cool. I think that's it is. That's very cool. And, and you don't have to do any coding and you don't have to know any scripting inside Google, which, you know, that's a real big deal too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one more thing I guess we can throw out there is the, the computer science standards. This summer, um, Henderson State University mm -hmm. is doing a, a class uh, two consecutive weeks. Uh, I think it's four days a week where you can go and um, it's free, and they're giving you uh, training to pass the praxis for the computer science. Degree. Yes. And uh, it's actually some follow-ups in the fall. It's mm -hmm. a, you know, it's kind of a year-long course, kind of. And when you, but when you finish the whole thing, it's 66 hours of PD, which is a lot of PD. That is a lot of PD. Um, but, but, the Southwest Arkansas Educational Cooperative will be offering a ton yeah, stuff. yeah, we're actually, um, not just a ton of stuff, but, but uh, we received a grant that, um, we uh, are going to be going around to each of our member districts and providing some, uh, it's, it's generally intensive <laughs> uh, PD uh, regarding the computer science standards. And what I mean by that is we'll be going around and we'll be working with districts to provide a quick two-hour overview. That's kind of the intensive part. And then giving the teachers time and working with them to learn how to and figure out how to incorporate the the new state computer standards into what they're doing already. So it's not going to be more work. It's just kind of training the teacher's brains to think about, oh, yeah, that's also computer science. Hmm, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I want to say this. I think every teacher that's interested in it, it's worthwhile taking. You will learn something that will enhance your teaching and enhance your understanding of what the kind of technology the kids in the future are going to be, right now and down the road are going to be dealing with. Absolutely. Uh, very, very handy. Hey, well, listen, we're going to get out of here. We're out of show. here. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm David Henderson. We'll see you next time. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site, this program, to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You You can can do do it all, all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.